welcome back to another episode of Professionals Podcasting. In this episode, attorney Meredith Bott answers the question, what is the best way to distribute assets to your children? That's a great question. Um, there's lots of different ways to give money to your beneficiaries. It could be your children, your nieces, your nephews. Um, it could be adult beneficiaries. It doesn't have to be minors. Um, and it's a really kind of, my, my response to that question is, is of course, it depends. Um, so two things that it depends on, well, there's a lot of factors, but one is certainly how much it is, how much in assets do you really have? So I certainly like to kind of get a, a nice summary of your assets. And then also um, kind of your take on like your philosophies about money. So I think those are two of the important things. Philosophy meaning, are you more of a saver? Do you feel like your kids and your beneficiaries should be able to save it? Um, and if you wanna help them with that savings part. Um, I have beneficiaries or people who come into my office and maybe they're already in their 50s and they tell me, oh man, I was given by my grandmother, you know, hundred thousand dollars when I was 18 or 21 or 22. I blew through that thing in a couple of years and I wish I would have saved it, right? And I've, I've heard that story many times. It's not just once or twice. And I tell people that that's exactly the reason why I prefer to have the money drawn out a little bit further in a person's life because it makes them have responsibility, makes them have um, kind of a, a ambition, you know, making sure that they want to work, not feel like they're the trust fund baby, but then also give them the ability to have this money in times of emergency or in times of need. Um, so there's certainly a balancing act when it comes to giving money to beneficiaries and to children. So there's several ways. One is like time-based. Certainly it can be like, um, okay, after my death, I want it to be given to them a third right away. Maybe five years later, give them another third. And then the balance at 30, at, at 10 years later, right? So that's kind of a time-based scenario. And what does that mean? It's sort of like telling your beneficiaries, I'm going to give you 10 years. So at least you could maybe if you had some challenges in your life that this money is still going to be available to you in the future. The most common one is certainly age-based. Um, when they're young, you don't know how they're going to turn out. Are they going to be spendthrifts? Are they going to get into trouble? Things like that. So when people, when the kids are young, I usually say, okay, well, they'll always get money to be raised. And how that looks is very um, uh, discretionary by the trustee. And the language that we typically use is health, education, maintenance, and support. So those, those words will give us the ability, give the trustee the ability to give the money to the beneficiaries or to the guardians of the beneficiaries um, to raise them, right, for everything that they need, the standard of living that they're used to. And then it's up to you, the, the person who's creating the trust, to decide at what ages do these people have the right to get the money. So a common fact pattern for young children is a third at 25, a third at 30, and then the balance at 35. Why is that common? I think in a sense at 25, it's kind of the time in your life, hopefully you're starting your life where you're getting your first job, you know, you wanna maybe a down payment on the first home, things like that. And then hopefully 
you grow up a little bit where you're maturing with your financial wisdom and that you're able to take the next two distributions and be able to save it. So that's why it's so common. I think those are good ages. Certainly it could be every year. It doesn't have to be five-year increments, but that's just a common one. Um, I wanna share one example that's very interesting where you know, sometimes people say, well, I don't want my kids to think I don't trust them. It's not really about trusting them. It's about being able to give them the gift of your the inheritance that they're receiving, but having kind of a wrapper around that gift. Meaning, if it's held in trust, then nobody can get to it that shouldn't be getting to it, right? So for instance, if a beneficiary was receiving a million dollars and you die, your child gets a million dollars. In six months, this beneficiary gets into a car accident and somebody is suing them, right? Well, now their inheritance is in their hands and now it's available for the creditors, for the plaintiff, for the lawsuit, and you can't do a thing about it. It's already in your hands. But if it was held in trust for that beneficiary, then there's ways to protect it and not be taken away from their hands, okay? So it's really important to be like, okay, it's not that I don't trust my children. I just don't know what's gonna happen in their lives, the circumstances in their lives in the future that we have zero idea because we don't have that crystal ball. So things that we wanna protect for are divorce. If one of your kids gets divorced, then that money can't be part of the divorce settlement lawsuits, like I mentioned, creditors. Maybe your kids just get into some money problems and, and we don't want to have to give that money away to the creditors. That lends itself to bankruptcy. So we don't want to give to, you know, to the creditors through a bankruptcy. We, don't, we want to keep it in trust. And then last but not least is, um, is special needs. So perhaps you assume all these kids or all the beneficiaries will be healthy no matter what. No, we don't know. We don't have that crystal ball. If you have that diagnosis one day and you're disabled and all of a sudden you're getting government funds because you're disabled, you can't work, you don't want to give that person money and then all of a sudden they're getting disqualified from those benefits that they're already you know, getting. So you can give them their cake and eat it too kind of thing, as I say. Give them the inheritance, but put it in a special needs trust. That way they still get their funds from the government, but then they also get the funds that you've given them as an inheritance. So those are things that are like never in a, in a million years do you think about for your kids, but it's it certainly happens quite often. Um, but the the uh, the example I wanted to share with you today um, is interesting because people always ask me, "Well, I trust my kids. Just give them the money. What's the big deal?" Um, but there are ways to do it appropriately where you're, you still give them money, they're fine. And yet that money is gonna still benefit other people. So as an example, I had a gentleman um, who was uh, my client whose mother passed away way back when, um, I wanna say 2009 or 2010. His mother died with about $8 million of assets. Um, he received out of the 8 million, 2 million. And so he thought he's gonna, he has, you know, he's gonna get his $2 million, he's gonna be able to, to spend it and use it. But the trust that mom created years before actually said something different. Um, so the background about this gentleman is that he's already gotten several inheritances from 
grandparents and various people. And mom noticed that he kind of blew it and used it and, you know, had nothing to show for it. The gentleman was um, in his late 50s at the time that mom passed away. And he didn't, he wasn't married, didn't have kids, and really didn't have a job. <laughs> so mom was really concerned about this money just given to her son, $2 million, and maybe some some woman marries him, steals it from him because they're a divorce or whatever, or that he spends it all on whatever random things. And then in two years, he's looking for more money, right? So I think I never worked with the, the mother, obviously I never met the mother, um, but I, I'm just assuming these types of um, um, thoughts in her mind. So the what the trust said was, here, son, here's 2 million. However, it's in, gonna be held in trust. And you are going to receive three and a half percent every single year for the rest of your life. And so, of course, the instant gut reaction, you know, is what? You know, he was really upset. He thought, what am, why is that so unfair? Why am I only getting three and a half percent? And, um, you know, back then I was guiding him and, you know, working with him. And I said, well, you're still getting... Like it's about, it ended up being about $75,000 a year. And that'll increase as the, this 2 million grows. He still didn't care. He still was upset. He's like, what do you mean? So I want, I want to make it clear that when you receive a, a distribution like that, three and a half percent, he is receiving. So it started at about $75,000, $80,000. And through the years up until, you know, present day, it grew to about $90,000, $100,000 a single every year. You have to remember that this is inheritance to him, so it's completely tax-free to him. So tax-free, $80,000 to $100,000 a year, plus the trust allowed for medical expenses and various things. So all his dental, medical, long-term care costs were paid for by the trust. So it's not just the base number. He's getting a lot more. Um, and the trust, even as of today, is still growing. So I think right now it's probably about two, five, two point five million. But he's been receiving that three and a half percent every single year. He ended up getting, um, you know, by by the time he hit sixty five, he was on Medicare. But this was his income per se. I mean, it's sort of like a pension almost. Um, and then when he passes, mom wanted it to go to grandchildren. So. My point of this story is there is ways to distribute to your kids where they get a little something every single year. It doesn't, it still allows them to have a standard of living that they're used to, but it doesn't give them the opportunity to just blow it all. And then at the end of the day, it's not going to someone that he marries and all of a sudden it goes to that surviving spouse. It's actually going to go down the lineage and is going to go to the decedent mom lineage, right? It's going to go down to grandchildren and then it will, you know, pass down. So it's like legacy um, money. So the point of this whole story is that there's lots of different ways. There's so many, um, uh, you know, just customized ways we've done for, uh, distributions for our clients. And 
it's just a matter of taking a look at the size of your estate, your values. I'm very, very much keen on the values that you have. Make sure that it's instilled in the, in the documents themselves and taking a look at how we can customize it for you so you feel comfortable that when you're no longer here, your kids will still carry on, you know, just a, a good life, not necessarily like, oh my gosh, I blew it all in two years and I wish mom didn't give it to me all at once or they become drug addicts and it becomes money that's gone to their addiction. Um, so a lot of like what if scenarios that can happen. Let's chat about your estate plan and do it right because I'm so passionate about this. I don't know if you could tell. I'm passionate about making sure your hard earned assets are given to the next generation and the next generation and passed pass down as safely, as responsibly as possible. Um, I've seen way too many horror stories that I don't want that to happen for you and your family that I'm so passionate about just really diving into your scenario and doing the custom plan that you deserve. So again, thank you for listening to our podcast today. And hopefully you call us and, and give us a chance to take a look at your estate plan to, to, to customize it for you. Thanks and have a great day.